We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back on the Yin's No Ball podcast. We promised you before the weekend that we were going to get another episode up in. We have jumped around. Brad has jumped through some hoops scheduling-wise to make this thing happen in what has been a, a busy week for both of us. But we are we are doing it. We are ready. We're going to talk actually about coaching changes uh, around the league, and then we're going to kind of, at, at the end, kind of tie all this to the Steelers' offensive coordinator situation and conversation there. Uh, some potential names, some potential availabilities. Um, I'm looking especially at the Seattle situation with some curiosity. What's going to end up happening with Shane Waldron um, is has definitely piqued my interest some. But let's start, Brad, with uh, just Bill Belichick, uh, Pete Carroll, both stepping away. Well, Pete Carroll was forced out. Belichick yeah, probably forced out too <laughs> to some degree, although it does seem like maybe he also thought this was maybe best for him. The Patriots have already moved. They've hired Gerard Mayo as their head coach. Um, so we have one coach a candidate off the board. What's your thoughts general? Let's start with the Patriots situation. I guess like you were pretty in the know on these things and just I'd wondering your thoughts on this situation. It seemed like we we're headed here for a while. And it seems like Mayo has been the guy that obviously the Patriots weren't really interested in a full blown search. This was their guy. And so even with Vrabel out there, didn't, didn't waver at all. And they uh, promoted him immediately. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that I, you know, didn't really know. There were a lot of rumors of like, Hey, it's expected Mayo's the next guy up. He's, there was even a report like, Oh, he's kind of ruffling feathers in the locker room, which he actually responded to about a month ago saying like, yeah, I hold guys accountable. It's been a bad season, like whatever. Um, and the succession plan where you could actually contractually write in that you don't have to go undergo a full search and can just have a next guy up. I think it's very interesting. Look, I think Mayo is a great coach. I think he probably would have been poached at some point over the last couple of years by a different team. And so I like that organizations can have the ability to retain good coaches, but they have to give them kind of the apple of, but when this guy steps down, if, you know, obviously a unique situation, but you'll be the next man up. And so I'm not sure the Patriots could have backed out of that. I think they would have breached a contract and it would have caused the whole kerfuffle. At the same time, I, I do think it's interesting. There is a belief that Josh McDaniels had this same clause after coming back from the Broncos or, or maybe after the Colts situation, I suppose, where... All right, I turned down the Colts job in in kind of a bad fashion. I need this clause in my contract. And I would just say this. If uh, previously failed head coach got this and the team avoided the Rooney rule and hired a guy that nobody liked, 
um, the first time he was a head coach or the second we now know. Um, like, I, you know, it, it's interesting. I think it opens kind of a Pandora's box of, uh, of question marks. But nevertheless, I think Mayo's probably deserving. Um, and I think it's in a way to probably the cleanest way to look. If it goes poorly, you move on. And then that next guy doesn't have to be, hey, you're replacing Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. It's like, no, you're coming in with a fresh slate with a new perspective. Like, in a way, I do think it kind of like, is Mayo a bridge a bridge quarterback to the future? He also could be excellent and could coach there for 25 years. But I, I think it's kind of, it's a clean way to go about it, I, I think. And it really is so important who he hires as offense coordinator. Like, who does he hire to be the offensive mind there? Um, and we'll see what the options even are. But that's been the biggest thing. The Patriots have been good defensively. Like, you can suck culturally probably about the Belichick way without Brady and how it's kind of fallen to a degree. And I definitely agree with that. I think there's – and I don't know if Mayo will do things the exact same way. It's probably unfair to – I know there will be those jokes. Oh, keep doing, you know, what isn't working at all and see what happens. You know, like, that's a great, great idea. But I don't know that Mayo will be exactly like Belichick. I, I admit it's a concern for sure. And I know why some Patriots people would be – worried about that um but despite all that it the most important thing that happens here is who he hires his offense corner because i think although the cultural thing may have been off with the belichick thing defensively it wasn't off like they're still great defensively and he, without any stars like he made it work so assuming mayo can continue that part of it a lot of this is going to be can he nail the oc hire the belichick could not i mean that was just a complete disaster for belichick um in the outside of mcdaniels and you know outside of brady obviously too so that is a huge i mean that is arguably as important a thing as the patriots is who mayo ends up bringing as oc i don't know that we know who those names are just yet that he'll consider i haven't seen any reporting out there but don't you think that's like a huge part of this for for new england yeah no i i, I do the, the whole thing's kind of fascinating um you know, because also Kraft talked about he didn't want to take power away from Belichick. That would have been awkward or weird. Okay, is Mayo also going to run personnel, or or is that going to be overhauled? Is it going to be a bunch of like you know the same setup? Former Patriots guys come back and and have different roles and all that. Yeah, the whole thing is really interesting. Um, you know, in, in New England, but they they, they kind of have the ability to do whatever they want uh, and not be questioned for it as much as maybe some other organizations. Yeah, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. They've had this yeah. written in. It's all they have a succession plan. Those things always get approval from people. Like, right? It's like, oh, they already have the plan. They're going for it. You know, I get it. But I think it's just complete. Like most of these, I'm rarely going to be critical of a head coach hiring unless it's somebody who's already been in the role and failed, uh, something like that. But yeah, I, I think Mayo, just from what you hear about him talking to people personality wise, yeah, I mean, the charisma and the leadership for sure. Like, you, you don't have much question there. It's just in the scheme, schematically, defensively, we haven't gotten to see him run his own ship yet. So that's probably the the biggest thing I think that we're still waiting to be able to observe about him. But everybody that ever has been around him says he's a defensive genius. So it's different when you have to play for full unit and you call the plays and everything on Sundays. But uh, I still feel like I have a lot of faith in that. To me, if he can nail the OC hire, Obviously, you have to be in position to get the quarterback. They're at three this year, so they might be on the outside looking in there. But um, we'll see what happens with Jaden Daniels and some of these other guys. But, okay, so with with Mayo off the board and the Patriots job filled, there are seven jobs left right now. I have two questions for you, and we can hit the first and kind of go through this a little bit, and then I'll, I'll remember to get to the second one I have it written down here. My first question to you, Brad, is that of the names I'm about to read, who do you think is the top candidate right now in your mind and in the mind of, of NFL organizations that, that is most coveted candidate? 
And, um, and is there anybody you would add to this list that I've left off that should be strongly like put on here, like is getting strong consideration, Bill Belichick, John Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, Raheem Morris, Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Bobby Slowick, Frank Smith, Dan Quinn, and Aaron Glenn. That was for which team? Carolina? This is for any team, really. Like just around the league of the seven spots that are open. Yeah. Which yeah. Jo- which of these names do you feel like is the most coveted right now? Because it feels like Belichick for some teams, but for others, maybe not all. And maybe that's how you see all of them. I just didn't know if there was one guy that like you yeah. think everybody's going to be lining up for, and it's whoever misses out on this guy is going to get the next, you know, and so on and so forth, the ripple effect out of those names. My understanding is it's Ben Johnson. Um, we wow. know basically from reporting already that, you know, Carolina is going to try to make a godfather offer, probably pay him or offer to pay him. You know, there is kind of this unwritten rule, you know, not collusion, but collusion of like, here's what you pay a, a college coach. Here's what you pay a first time head coach. Here's what you pay a guy who's, you know, it's his second job, whatever. There's supposed to be these kind of parameters. Tepper said, I don't care and paid Matt rule an unprecedented contract. Obviously that didn't go particularly well. There was a report that Ben Johnson was like, yeah, I want $15 million. I genuinely think it was like, I'll play a game of chicken. I know I'm going to get offers from other buildings, but if David Tepper wants to pay me the stupidest contract of all time, like, yeah, maybe I'll do it um, and make me just not fireable for a couple of years. But my understanding is Ben Johnson is the favorite in Washington. And uh, my understanding is that is viewed as the most attractive opening right now to to a lot of people. Um, Adam Peters, the San Francisco 49ers assistant GM, who I expect to become their GM, doesn't take interviews if he doesn't have interest. He, he's at that level where it's like, no, you know, I know George Payton. I know he's now a, a laughing stock uh, in Denver, even though, I don't know, I don't think it's entirely his fault. That was him too in Minnesota. Like, no, I'm just going to like, I'm not going to take a job unless I think it's super, super desirable and I'm going to go there if they offer it to me. That is Adam Peters, and, and I think he's going to go after Ben Johnson. But, yeah, that, that's my understanding. He He is the top target in the cycle right now. Super interesting. Ben Johnson, I think, great offensive mind. What is he going to be like as a leader? As the, you know, is he going to be the type of presence teams that like players will respond to and things like that? I think all of that is kind of unknown. He's he's not like the rah-rah personality takeover room that some of these other guys are, like a Dan Gamble, like a D'Amico Ryan's, like a Gerard Mayo, probably. Um, but we've seen those unique personalities work too. I don't know if many people would describe Shane Steich in that way, but that's worked really well um, so far, obviously in Indianapolis. Um, so different approaches can work. It doesn't all have to look the same. My bold prediction, Ollie, yesterday on the pod was that the young hotshot OC, uh, off, young offensive mind types uh, like Ben Johnson, Bobby Slug, Frank Smith, um, there's probably Waldron, um, that they don't, that none of them get a head coaching opportunity, uh, this, this off season. Although I thought Ben Johnson would be the only one that get got offers because I'm just not convinced that he wants to go now, Carolina, you said, would they offer him like the craziest contract of all time? You can't rule that out. And maybe he says yes, but like, I think he would just be such a fool even for that to like go to yep. that organization to me, like that would be like worst case scenario. Like I want to see. Ben Johnson in a place like Washington, if I want to see him somewhere where I think he'll be given like a lot of creative control. I think like, and it will not roster control, obviously, but I think he'll, his vision could align with Peters for sure. That would be a really fun pairing. I would like to see that. I'm curious just to see Ben Johnson with Drake may, if, if it's may or Caleb Williams, like just being able to work with a young quarterback. Those are the kind of pairings. I, I don't like always the defensive head coach with the, with the offense, with the young quarterback, the rookie quarterback. And so, that would be a fun combination. Let me ask you this about Washington. We'll stay there for a second. 
There's also this talk from Glazer and from Schefter that Tomlin could step away and that, that Washington is where he's from. He's from that area. So could he be wanting to go back there potentially if he takes a year off or something like that? If he takes a year off, Washington can't really plan for that and it kind of misses the window. It's open now. And if Tomlin wants to do that, it would need to be something he asked for right now. Um, one year left on his contract. Steelers could trade him there, obviously. Is there any, you think, thought on Washington's part that maybe they would like love Ben Johnson, but he, Ben Johnson's still in the playoffs and Tomlin could also be available in a couple of days? And like, so is there some thought to like waiting it out and like he might, Tomlin might be the only guy they'd want instead of Ben Johnson? Like, I could see that just because Tomlin, if you can get that pedigree, that might be the one thing that keeps you away from Johnson. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I would first say this real quick to your point. I think you're actually spot on about everybody besides Ben Johnson. I think it's too early for Slowick, Canales, all those guys. Waldron, I think now is going to be an OC. Um, you know, but anyway, here's the thing, and I'll let you answer it. I know your answer already. Tomlin could do that, or Washington would be open to it if he dramatically changes his opinion on analytics and dramatically changes his his willingness to have less control, less power, listen to other people, let you know, let other things influence how the building is run. So you tell me, is is he going to do that? <laughs> no. I don't think so. I think that'd be the whole reason he'd be leaving Pittsburgh to be honest with you if he did. And that's the thing, right? Like Pittsburgh probably pushes back on his style. I would say bottom five any organization in football. And, yeah. and I know Omar, you know, I think he's talked about it, has wanted to kind of bring them into the, the future a little bit. And again, whenever I talk about these things, I'm not saying it's an end-all be-all. The Steelers have won 17 years in a row. Obviously, they know what they're doing uh, in, in some form or fashion. But no, you hire Eugene Shen in Washington to help him oversee this process. You have Daryl Morey, who's running Harris's other team um, and, and probably is you know helping a little bit to a degree here. You go out and get Bob Myers to help you with the search uh, for the GM and head coach. That is Bob Myers is the uh, former longtime GM of the um, <laughs> Golden State Warriors. Um, and Rick Spielman, not the biggest lytics guy, I can tell you that firsthand, but he is actually open to learning a lot about it. And, and maybe, you know, he's open minded. He'll change his perspective. He'll listen, which, again, is probably more than some people um, in, in this business. So. 
you don't do that to then hire, you know, with all due respect, I obviously like him more than a lot of people in Pittsburgh, but you don't do that to hire a guy who wants to stay in the Stone Ages um, and just not look at these things. So, yeah, if he's willing to dramatically change that, then yes, Washington would be interested. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem likely. So that that may take him off the table for them and may move that may zero them in on Johnson. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly that moves. How about other other names that I read? Uh, Belichick, Harbaugh who seems like they've seen more like specific fits. A couple places might have them first. Some places won't have them at all. Um, Vrabel, there's this talk today, right after the Patriots announced, maybe Vrabel actually wants to take a year off. I'm like, oh, I bet he does now. So um, so we'll see what happens with him. Raheem Morris, Mike McDonald, Bobby Slowick, Frank Smith, Dan Quinn. You mentioned some of the young guys, Aaron Glenn as well. Anybody else I'm not naming there that you think like should be pretty high in consideration or who of those guys do you think is – is probably going to be most attractive to teams. I think that is the, the good run of the list there. Uh, if I had to like guess spots, I think Belichick, if he does take a head coach job, I think it will be with the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. I think Arthur Blank wants to, you know, kind of just go all in. He's 82. He's impatient. Um, he's never afraid to spend money, make a big splash. Um, there's also, there's a lot of connections there. Like Scott Pioli and, and, and Thomas Dimitrov, like ran the, ran the Falcons for a decade. They both came from new England. They probably are both still kind of talking to Arthur blank. Everything was amicable there and kind of consulting with them and, and asking about, you know, all those different components. And and I'm sure they're speaking highly of Belichick and, and what he brings to the table. Um, so I'll guess that one there. I, I do think the Chargers is where Harbaugh wants to go. I, I may have mentioned on this podcast months ago. This isn't patting myself on the back. It, the chatter was pretty loud. But now it's becoming like public. I think there was a report from The Athletic yesterday that that is like a potential combo there. We'll see, though. I, Harbaugh's tough. Harbaugh's a tough one to gauge. He would want full total control. Maybe the Chargers are willing to do it. They also, you know, Brandon Staley was one of the, the lowest paid coaches in the entire NFL. Harbaugh, I'll tell this, based on what I've heard, is not going to ask for like Sean Payton, Bill Belichick money, but if he's not going to make $4 million a year like Brandon Staley, probably 10, 12, like his Michigan offer, um, which is still, you know, a substantial chunk. And, and then let's see, I'll just kind of try to guess here on the opening. So, which, which Atlanta. Did you say, sorry, for, for Harbaugh, did you say just Chargers Raiders, do you think? I, Chargers Raiders is, I think, the only two options. I think okay. if he goes to the Raiders, I could see him and Ed Dodds. I guess Chargers well, too. Yeah, you know, I think why would he choose the I mean, unless it's pay? Like why the Raiders would probably pay him more. The Raiders, Raiders would definitely pay him more. Really worse. I don't think he cares. Yeah. About yeah. Talent. No, if, I agree. I, it's just quarterback. I think, and, and it was his too. Like California, like geographically, he obviously has roots there. Spent a mm-hmm. lot of time there. Two different buildings. Mm-hmm. It is you know L.A. versus the Bay Area, but whatever. Um, but the quarterback thing is huge, and people forget like. When he took over the Niners, I got asked on the radio yesterday, like, yeah, but would you want to go somewhere where, like, the fans don't show up? And The Niners used to have the emptiest stadium in the NFL before John Harbaugh walked in there. And they had an aging roster with a bunch of guys that needed to get shipped out, and he kind of came in and turned the entire thing around. I, I almost think he kind of used that as, like, a fun challenge and, and would actually be open to it. So, anyway. Uh, don't you think uh, the Chargers would be – I was saying, actually, the opposite. I was saying – I don't know why he choose the Raiders over the chart because the quarterback is just a massive piece of this. Like if you're going to go to the NFL and have success and you're starting from point, you have no quarterback with the Raiders, like starting with Har- Har- Herbert, even if the cap situation is bad, like that's more of a GM issue. Like as a coach, you're not going to be like super worried about that because you're going to feel like you have three or four years to figure it out. And the cap's not always going to be bad. So I just feel like that would be massive, but you know, wouldn't you also feel like you the Chargers would be more likely to just be like, hey, let, what the heck? We've tried everything. Else. Let's just try this and give them control than the Raiders who've gone down that route with Gruden and seen it be a disaster. And you know, I I don't know. I think the Chargers may be more willing to be like, screw it, we'll we'll give him what he wants. 
Agreed. And I think if the, if the money is an issue, you're going to get a GM that you can pay 32nd out of 32 GMs because you're te- you're giving Harbaugh control over 53 anyway. Um, so you can kind of balance that out a little bit. So, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yes, you could argue the Raiders is better elsewhere. It, it, it's honestly debatable. They have some talent, probably more. Um, but it's not like they have a great cap situation. And yeah, oh, the quarterback that's... is ultimately what matters more than anything else. Uh, so I should have put Antonio Pierce's name in here. Do you think he ultimately he goes back? Do you think the Raiders do that? I don't know. That's... I think he has a legit shot. I really yeah. do. I it, like way more than Rich Bisaccia a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where he just didn't. And I know Crosby, you know, stood up for him just like Crosby and Devante have stood up for Antonio this time. I just don't think it's going to happen there. Um, but I didn't think it was going to happen there. But I do think it could. I think with Pierce, it definitely could. And I honestly think uh, Devontae Adams might be like, keep Antonio Pierce or trade me. Like, I really think it, it could get to that level. Yeah, I really do. Which they probably um, should trade him, but. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I should keep um, Antonio Pierce and trade him. <laughs> correct. I would agree with that. But uh, but but the Raiders, they want flash and substance. And, and they're trying mm-hmm. to still kind of build up a lot of, you know, a groundswell of support in, in a new spot and all those things. I know they have great fans that travel, but. Um, you know, the new teams always are aggressive the first couple of years, you know, look at the LA teams, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They try to always go that route. So I'm trying to think here where we go from there. So Panthers Seahawks, and we've got Rabel Morris, McDonald, Slowick, Frank Smith, Dan Quinn, seems Seattle, uh, Aaron Glenn on the board kind of right now. I think, and it's always funny when the, all three insiders reported immediately, you know, Dan Quinn to Seattle seems like it's going to happen. Dan mm-hmm. Quinn always gets a ton of support because apparently everybody loves him. Um, yeah. He's good. He's a good defense coordinator, but it's also like, and it's funny. We talk about this. We talked about it a bunch with Rabel, et cetera. He is known that like coordinators on the offense do want to go work with him and for him. Like he, he gives them more control than, than normal. There's the infamous clip of like he, him telling Kyle Shanahan to run the ball and Kyle Shanahan looks at him like, shut up. Uh, and, and like, apparently he is known as like, He's more hands off and lets those guys do what they want to do more than, you know, a lot of other coaches in theory would. So I think he probably does go back to Seattle. Do you, you think know, if who, Dan Quinn goes back to Seattle, is he, I, I posited this to Ollie, we just speculated, but t- it seems to me like he could be one of the few head coach personalities in the league that would be like, Oh, you want me to keep this OC you already have here and not pick my own guy? Sure. Like I'd be yes. cool. With, you know, do you think he could be that guy? I do. I do. I'm sure he knows Waldron, you know, to a degree, you know, just I guess they never crossed paths in Seattle or anything. But but, you know, I I do. I do. And I I think Waldron will get into that, too. I think Waldron is a very good offensive coordinator. I was pumped. He was the first Bears interview. I would take that higher in a mill. I mean, I wrote an article with head coach candidates for the Bears and he was on it. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll take that in a millisecond. Um, And uh, yeah. So anyway, so so let's say Quinn to Seattle. and And I do think Waldron is very possible. Maybe he tries to. If something weird happens in Tampa, bring Canales back as the OC back to Seattle because they, I do think, cross paths where Canales was there for a really long time. I bet they worked with each other, whereas Waldron was it was a Rams guy and then kind of jumped over um, after Quinn had already been gone at that point. So, um, what do we what do we have left here? So then we got, we got uh, yeah okay. So we got Dan Quinn in Seattle right now. We got yeah. Ben Johnson with Washington. We got Bill B with the Falcons. We mm-hmm. got Gerard Mayo with the Patriots. That one's actually real. Uh, Antonio Pierce yeah. back with the Raiders. Harbaugh with the Chargers. So that leaves the Titans and the Panthers. And the Panthers are an interesting one because, to me, they're probably going to try and get Ben Johnson. And if they don't, I I think they would be crazy not to 
be pretty serious about Raheem Morris. And if the Falcons don't get Bill Belichick, I could see also them being pretty crazy about Raheem Morris. Obviously, he's been in that building. Raheem Morris has been a big part of what they've done in the past. Arthur Blank, uh, Ollie was reminding me of this but uh, yesterday, but very sentimental dude. He loves the personal relationships and connections. He loves the charisma Morris would bring to the table. Personality-wise, more, Arthur Smith from Morris would be one of the most refreshing things I've ever seen in my life as a guy who said for a long time, I just think Arthur Smith is a complete a-hole. But I really do wonder about that like potential fit like in Carolina or in Atlanta with Raheem Morris. If Atlanta goes the Bill Belichick route, would the Panthers be interested in Morris? And maybe I'm totally off there, but I just think Morris for either of those organizations would be pretty good. 100%. I think people really don't appreciate that he was the head coach of the Buccaneers at like 29, 30 years old. And like, I know it didn't yeah. go great, but like, it says it a lot. A it's a massive signal. Yeah. It wasn't a disaster, he- it, but it had its strengths. Like that team was just full of like, that you think about the Bucks that those ages, the early two that 2010s, compared to the team now, like they were like literally like all doing stuff off the field that was a mess. Like those teams were just such a train wreck person. And yeah, he didn't lay down the law prize as much as he should have. So it, there was some issues there, but I still think no doubt that like the, if you give him like even the way the NFL's changed, like in a lot of those ways, like you don't have as many organizations like that as you may have in the past or many players like that. Honestly, players, agents, they coach them up, they get them to behave a certain way. Like it's just not as massive an issue across most rosters. I think he can be a little bit more of who he is as a coach, plus how he's grown anyway, and do a really good job somewhere. So I'm all about Raheem Morris getting a second opportunity. Totally. And what he's done, you know, I think it's interesting. You know, he first went to the Rams. He's not he's not from that Fangio tree and everyone kind of expected him to just run Staley's system, which he did in the beginning. But he's changed and adapted his scheme like every year and including this year in particular. And you tell me where his like position focus is. But I mean, Kobe Turner and Byron Young have been two of the best rookies in the entire NFL on defense. Um, you, you got great play from our guy, Kella Witherspoon at, at times, uh, you know, but a lot of young corners there too. To Kobe Durant, I think has been better than I expect him to be, you know, and, and so on and so forth to where, um, yeah, like he is clearly adaptable. And to me, because we don't know how to attribute, you know, um, or like allocate responsibility or credit for things. Honestly, to me, the biggest thing I look at this point, and it's why Waldron's I'm a fan of too, is just who is has a system that they run versus who just caters things to their personnel and changes things up. And like that's, I think it's the number one thing you could actually like tangibly point to yeah. as evidence that it's a, it's probably a good coach. Um, so yeah, Raheem should be heavily in consideration um, for all these jobs. I, I'm with you 110 percent there. Let's throw some guesses he? out here to end it. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, but is he like? It's. A, I think he probably is. I do. I just wonder. I don't know. Because, like, we're talking about NFC South teams. So, like, we got to remember, too, the the optics of all this stuff matters and all these various things. They know there are fans that don't pay attention and say, this guy was, he stunk as the Bucs coach a decade ago. Why are the Panthers hiring this guy when they could go hire Mike McDonald, who had the greatest defense of all time in Baltimore? Um, You know, so, like, it's just, like, is he deserving? 110%. How strong consideration? I don't really know. Um, I will say that Mike McDaniel should fill one of our openings here. So I'll I'll send him to Purgatory in Carolina. Apologies, Mike. Mike. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you think Carolina's for interested there at least. It's funny because McDonald, to me, I don't know him personality-wise at all. I don't even know if I've ever heard him speak. I don't think I even know what he looks like, to be honest, because I just don't spend a lot of time. I'm not in the, like examining all these things year-round. Like, like you might be thinking about these things. But like I know, obviously, what the defense has done this season – and so like that part of it, I'm like, oh man, yeah. Like the sim pressure world, like pe- te- teams who feel like they can build that way. Then I also wouldn't hate that for Carolina either, because 
to me, Carolina is they're it's probably not going to work with Bryce Young. Like it probably isn't. And there might be a situation where if you hire an OC who's good and it even if gets it to work with Bryce Young, then you may not see that guy get pulled away to another job for a couple years even. So you've got a chance to get the thing off the ground and running there, even as a defensive-minded head coach. You know I'm always pretty pretty cautious on defensive-minded head coaches. I prefer to go the offensive route if it's possible. I'm not sure this time that it's worth it looking around at the options that are out there when you've got potential leaders, culture resetters. And look, the Panthers can – this division's not good. The Panthers probably need some wins. Uh, just morale-wise, this has been a disaster of an organization for a while. And so getting somebody who players like want to play for and it makes the job attractive, like that could be Morris, that could be McDonald. I don't know him personality-wise. Um, that could Aaron Glenn is one of the most popular coaches in the league amongst players. Uh, they absolutely love the guy. So I I think any of those could be potentially good fits in Carolina just to establish some stability. You still have to hit the OC, you still have to hit the quarterback, but they have defensive pieces. If you can get a good defensive mind there, I think it could be a fun opportunity. Agreed. Oh, it's interesting because I do like a Giro Averro too, and they're obviously blocking him yeah. from interviews right now. Um, so maybe they're trying to get a new coach to inherit him. I think it's a bigger thing. That's also honestly probably the biggest change of these landscapes is teams are, to a degree, no longer going to let head coaches come in and just hire every single one they person they want to. I mean, it might end up happening that way, but they're going to force them to talk to people they like and go through a process. And as always, this this applies to Pittsburgh, even though we're not talking about Pittsburgh. Like, that setup's not going to happen again in the NFL. Like, a, a coach that wants to do the, the you know, what, what, what Tomlin has done coordinator-wise and position coach-wise is a thing of the past. Um, and... You know, so because I think like even Atlanta with Bill Belichick, I still think they're going to beg him to keep Ryan Nielsen a D coordinator. And frankly, they should. I think Ryan Nielsen is an awesome defensive coordinator. Um, but let's go back to Carolina. So mm-hmm. I think one of the big aces in the hole here is Dan Morgan, the assistant GM. And I know it's been tough the last couple of years, but look, in my opinion, I think it's been Tepper and Rule that were making all the picks and doing all the stuff and forcing things on people. Dan Morgan, I think, is an important piece here. He's Interviewing for the job, but also it sounds like he's going to stay on. He's helping them figure out the GM situation. Played there for a decade with a first-round pick of the Panthers. He was in Seattle for like a decade, too. So maybe he likes Dave Canales, or, and there's a connection there. Or anyone that kind of went through that system at some point. Um, you know, it, it, there's there's a lot of tentacles there. But I could see, yeah, I, I don't think they're, they they do want offense. Tepper is a big believer. If any If any – person is a believer in the whole mantra of you should fire an off or hire an offensive head coach it actually is um david tepper and so maybe we should put more weight and emphasis in that um you know they hired this this search firm sportsology that that does a lot of work and across like like soccer and football and all these different things maybe one that we haven't mentioned and i'm not the hugest fan but is brian callahan the bengals oc who is getting interviews everywhere yeah, and his dad's Bill Callahan, the you know legendary uh, offensive line coach. Maybe he coaxed him out of retirement if his son gets a head coaching job, which not even being facetious. If if I had Brian Callahan tell me, all right, my dad will be the O line coach if you give me the head coach job, that would sway that would sway my opinion in a meaningful way. Um, because and I actually want to hear your opinion on this. I, I was saying this the other day. I know we're kind of rambling, but I hope people are, are staying with us. Good. The Bears retained, speaking of, they retained their offensive line coach and said they're going to require the new OC to keep him on board. It's actually former Steelers O-line coach Chris Morgan. He was there for a year in 2021. He is very highly regarded. You know, I, I don't know if Steelers fans thought he did a bad job for the one year he was there, whatever. But he is very highly regarded. What was the name you said I there? Think, 
Sorry, so, uh, Chris Morgan. He was a Steelers oh. line coach for one year in 2021. Um, you probably can't see anything meaningful in a year. But anyway, I said, you know, I said it's a big deal because asking the new OC to keep an O-line coach, that guy is probably going to be heavily involved in your run game. He's going to be a really important piece. And I said, in my opinion, in terms of the importance of the uh, of coaching, it goes head coach, OC, DC, O-line coach. Like, even ahead of special teams coordinator, and I'm not trying to be, like, an anti-special teams guy, but, like, I think your O-line coach is your most is your fourth most important coach on the staff. Yeah, probably. Uh, maybe more. Maybe higher. <laughs> maybe if your head coach coaches the side of the ball, then you could argue he's ahead of that coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's pretty critical that you have a good one, um, for sure. And there's a lot that aren't. Um, just based on talking to people around the league, they believe there's a lot that are. And the track records kind of show that there are a lot. There, it's not many offensive linemen that when they go to – if they go to a team with a good offensive line coach, somebody who, like, everybody respects and knows, they almost always turn out to be a decent player, like a much better player. So, yeah, that's an, that's an interesting thought for sure. But but those guys hardly ever get head coach opportunities too. That's the other interesting part of Yeah, that. no, that is true. That is true. Um, but because yeah, there's anyway, probably so much organ, you just play, calling plays and like all that stuff is just different. Um, so, okay, so Carolina, we are we are struggling here to figure. I, I, Vrabel, Morris, McDonald, Slowick seems like there's some real interest in Tennessee for him. That's I am not so sure about that one. Like, and again, I don't know the guy personality wise, but just some of the Texans processes I've got as the season's gone on. At first, I was pretty excited, and I'm not not excited. It just Kind of like canals to me, like they. I think that there's good things there, but they're doing a lot of heavy lifting, like on money downs, asking their quarterbacks to save them with some of their, um, yeah, just their early down work. Play sequencing just takes time for these young play callers, I think. And maybe that's the mess. Maybe it just like it'll hit somewhere, but the and the structure of the offense is pretty good. But, um, I, I'm I would be skeptical about Slowick, but there seems like Tennessee has some real interest there. It definitely does. It definitely does. Um, yeah. What I mean, what do you think? You think that gets done, or, or what do you think is the the landscape there? It's so hard. If you look at kind of what we've got left here, Aaron Glenn feels like a pretty similar high. Like if you want to go in a different direction than variable, I mean, maybe you do go with a Raheem Morris type in Tennessee. But Tennessee is the hardest one for me to figure out because it's not quite clear what they need. I would hope that whoever comes in would believe in Levis. It it felt like Vrabel did, but you know he's never going to be very effusive and like his words. Like it, he's not going to gush about anybody. So it was hard, always hard to read there. But if you're t- Titans, you are kind of reshaping this thing right now, and you need somebody who believes Levis has a shot at least and doesn't want to just like move on from immediately. I think because I think he's deserved deserves that. That doesn't mean you don't you know draft a quarterback this year or anything like that. But I mean, yeah, I, I just think that he deserves a shot to to do that and they need to rebuild the lines and yeah, to me and they need to move some of these assets too. I mean, I don't even know if they can now because what Henry's a free agent, right? And um, Tannehill a free agent. Well, both free agents. Yeah. Yeah. So miss that window. That's a uh, bummer there, but uh, man, Tennessee's the hardest one. Like, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. Like, cause it feels like a lot of these guys would be pretty similar to Vrabel and maybe that's not a bad thing though. Maybe it's, maybe that's fine. If they, if it was somebody like a Morris or a McDonald there as well. The only fascinating thing there is we talked about, like, the whole defensive thing. Like, are yeah. they going to do that again? Like, moving on from Vrabel, I feel like you almost have – and I don't want to say have to because you shouldn't just hire an OC for the sake of hiring an OC. 
But, and that you're talking about, like developing Levis is the most important element of what you're bringing this new person in to do. If you look at their list right now, you know, Brian Callahan was on the list. Mike Kafka, let's, let's be serious um, with all due respect. Uh, and then Bobby Slowick, the rest are defensive co- coaches. So I could see them being a Callahan spot. You know, I don't think they pay a lot of money to coaches. You know, Zach Taylor before he made the Super Bowl was the lowest paid coach in the NFL in Cincy. Brian Callahan's probably one of the lowest paid offense coordinators in the league. So yeah, like that one, that one actually kind of makes some sense is maybe Brian Callahan goes to Tennessee and you just say, Hey, your job is to get everything you can out of Will Levis. You know, you made Jake Browning look like a, look like a star. So we, we, we believe. So we're, so we're, yeah. So, so we're thinking Brian Callahan maybe gets one of these jobs. That would be, I think we are. I think we are, which it's funny. I I didn't, I was not been impressed by the Joe Burrow Bengals offense at any point. They just like sit in 11 shotgun and just beg him to make plays. Yeah. Um, It's totally Burrow. It's just like they do the system that he's most comfortable with. Yeah. They did kind of make Browning, like they did help Browning out a lot though. It's just weird. I, I remember sitting there a couple games and just being like, you don't think Joe Burrow would have liked to throw screen passes to Chase Brown and, and Jamar Chase? Like, or right. like a lot of concepts they did. I was just like, I've never seen this when Joe Burrow has been playing. And I get he's awesome. And like, you know, what you've been doing is working. But like, you could probably make his life a little bit easier too. I'm sure he'd be appreciative. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, so where are we going with the Panthers? Uh, yeah, Panthers <sighs> the last one. All right, we'll send him Brian Callahan. To... What if it's just a Vero? It, it could just... be. It feels like they wouldn't do it, but the fan, the fan base, I think would rot. Like, no, Tepper's obsessed with offense. I'm gonna, we, we can d- differ. Frank Smith interests me a lot here, and maybe he, this is the one where he gets it. I still feel like he might be asked to be an OC for a, you know, a team with a defensive coach. I would love for him to go back to Chicago. Uh, he coached the Bears tight ends for three years uh, back in the day. Uh, actually, the run game coordinator uh, for the Chargers for a year as well and spent time with the Raiders. So maybe mm-hmm. he has kind of some juice around the league, but maybe this is his spot. And they just say, hey, we're just we're stealing the, the Mike McDaniel offense. We're going to help Bryce Young by having a great run game and only ask him to throw the ball 15 times. Maybe, maybe this is his spot. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Wow. Well, OK, let's leave Carolina open because who the heck knows, <laughs> especially who will work yeah. with Tepper. Like that's a whole nother wrinkle in this. Um so exactly. okay, but he can he'll pay a lot. That's the that's the one thing you he'll pay a lot. Which of money. is great. Hey, which is great. Hey, somebody's gonna get rich. Um, let me ask you this last question I have on this, and then we'll just touch on who of the ripple effect of who could be offensive coordinator options for the Steelers. Yeah, of the teams that are in the playoffs, did you think any of those head coaches are in danger? Is do. there anybody you see is in danger of like another job opening up? Like we were at eight, now we're at seven with the Patriots hiring. Could we get to nine openings this this offseason? Ten openings even. Like, are there any teams that we need to be worried about? I think there's three. I'll say the last one, and I want you to counter to it because you would know way better than I do. You know who that is based on that comment. Mm. I, I know for a fact Mike McCarthy needs to win a playoff game. If he loses the fir- in the first round to the Packers, his old team, I think he's going to get fired. Oh, um, wow. Really? I do. Jerry I just do. came out real strong in support of McCarthy, saying he's not in danger at all. Now, he could be lying for sure. But when he, I saw that, I was like, okay, like in a, in a couple of days, he's going to go back on that. Like that would be, I don't know. It's wow, that's crazy. Okay, it's interesting. It's like a month ago he said he like like he was yeah, like we're taking it day, game by game. Like he didn't put any weight behind him like a month ago. <laughs> so literally, it was the least vote. The guy was like eleven and three at the time, and it was a, the the weakest vote of confidence I've ever heard. So hey, maybe Very he's moody. pivoted. Winning the division is huge. Like going from the six seed to the two seed, hosting a game. 
But yeah, Jerry overreacting to a loss against Green Bay at home. You, come on, like Amari yeah. Cooper got traded for a fifth round pick because he, you know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> like, let's like, come on, like uh, Jerry tilting and making a, a rash decision. Yeah. That's what right. you know. Maybe I'm wrong now, but that has been the expectation. That chatter has been going on okay. forever. Is like he needs to win a playoff game, maybe even multiple. Uh, Philadelphia, I don't know anything here personally, but the Sirianni like drum beat is getting louder. I know. Wow, I know. We're just in the Super Bowl. I know, but it, there's a lot of like the locker room's fractured. He hasn't been holding guys accountable. Like the the old vets are pissed that he didn't like yell at AJ Brown. And I don't know how you know. Again, I don't know how much this is true. I I know not. You know, I try to be clear. Like I know nothing about this personally at all. And you, John, and I both know you don't listen to secondhand reports. Or you listen to it, but you don't put a lot of stock into it unless you can personally verify to a degree because so much nonsense gets thrown around. But anyway, that is that is getting thrown around. And the last one, I would imagine he's safe because they won't make the playoffs. But, you know, Todd Bowles in Tampa, I think if they miss the playoffs, he probably gets fired. So I don't know if they get blown out by Philly at home. You, t- you tell me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, okay, so the Dallas one, fascinating. I wouldn't totally be shocked because Jerry just his recent comments threw me a little bit, but maybe that that would be on the table. The Eagles one would be nuts. I mean, it would have to be yeah. so bad. You were just in the yeah. Super Bowl, like this dude's like brought the seat. Like I don't know, that would be just the craziest thing ever to me. Like I just, if, they've been bad and they're still eleven and six. Like you know, like it's like man, this guy's record would be amazing. Like his accomplishments would be amazing. And you fire him, was it three years in? Would it be like it's just. Oh man. I mean, they need to make some changes. Like Brian Johnson probably needs to be gone. You know, they need to do some things. Right. Figure out DC. It's not Matt Patricia or Sean figure out DC. Right. right. So, right. but I, it being, I think they'll make those changes, but I don't think it'll be Sirianni. That would be crazy. But hey, let's look. I mean, we've seen lots of things happen. This is the off season for it. It seems like um, Dallas. Yeah. We'll just have to see. Tampa Bay is interesting. I mean, Scott Reynolds, Peter Report, who I place I used to work and Scott is always very in the know on these things with the box and has good relationships with the people there he wrote that he thinks Bowles needs to for sure win the division, obviously. And he thinks he needs to, he may need to win a playoff game in order to keep his job. At the very least, I don't think he can get smoked. Um, right. Philly, especially the way Philly's playing right now, hosting a home playoff game. Like, I don't think he can, he can get, he can get worked over even at the level that they did in week three, which was a more competitive game probably than people remember because they, nobody thought much of the bucks at that point. But the Bucks hung around in that game. Like Jalen Hurts has never really lit up Bulls. You know, he Bulls has actually done pretty well against Hurts over his. Well, he career. got kills the first playoff game. We got playoff yeah. game, yeah. And yeah. even this week three game, Hurts had a couple interceptions. Like he really wasn't comfortable, and they didn't even get pressure. The Eagles' offense fine, dominated, and 
Kansi didn't play and you know, Diaby was still very young. And so like it was I think it'll be a little bit of a different challenge for Philly and Philly's playing worse and Tampa's definitely playing better, although you still never know what version of the Bucks you're gonna get. So I think he needs to probably win or at least be real competitive. Um and then we'll see. The success Canals has had, even though it's been mediocre, if they want to bring Baker back, it could just push them towards like continuity for another year, which you know, they're probably not a Super Bowl contender next year, but they're obviously they could win this division next year and they've just done it. So, you know, nobody else can, it might not be that much better. We'll see, obviously, what, what Atlanta can do a quarterback. But, um, you know, there may be a desire to just like, let's see if we can keep building this thing. And then maybe next year we get the quarterback in house and we make a change. And so it would be it's definitely possible if that one opened up. And if that one opened up, Brad, Bill Belichick. Like Adam Schefter's been hinting it's a mystery team. He didn't say the mystery a team, right? Mystery team that could be on the table for Bill Belichick. I don't know whether it's Tampa Bay or not, but Tampa Bay has gone down the road of veteran coach before Bruce Arians saw it be very successful. Obviously, Tom Brady was a big part of that. Bill Belichick and Jason Light obviously have a relationship. Light pretty much credits Belichick with a ton of his like philosophies and uh, different things like that. He's told me that he's spoken about that in media and interviews before. Like he, nobody respects probably more than Belichick. Opportunity to work with them. Belichick obviously would want control, but it might be the case. Like Light is probably the most amicable GM in the league, just like in terms of easy to work with people. Like everybody has a role there. Everybody feels valued there. Like he just, he's always drawn from the opinion of others. He's not a power hungry GM. Like a lot of these guys are like, he would work with, but he's on the sideline during games. He watches how coaches interact and builds draft philosophies off of like that, you know, and how to, what, can I coach up? Can this coach coach up a player? Does he need somebody who's pro ready? And so like, he, he would really be in it with Belichick. It might work. Um, I don't know. That was one that popped into my mind when I saw Schefter talking about a mystery team. Cause I'm just not, unless it's Dallas, but would, would Bill want to work with Jerry Jones? I don't know. So that's the thing. They apparently have a phenomenal relationship. I know it sounds a little interesting. He would have to, of course, like Jerry's not going to give him full say over the 53. Like he will, him and his son and Will McC- I mean, honestly, let Will McClay cook forever. Yeah. Uh, maybe the best evaluator in football. But right. um, so Belichick, they both made comments about each other. Belichick said once after I was fired by the Browns in the mid 90s, I ran into Jerry Jones at a ski resort. Pause for laughter. Uh, Jones said that Bill told <laughs> the Cowboys owner not to forget about him if he had an opening in the future. Jones says he still thinks about that comment from Belichick from time to time. Um, and they, like he said, like multiple times, like they both say, I have so much respect for the guy. Like over the years, they've said it like 10 times each. Like I have n- nothing but respect for what he does. The last thing too, um, ask specifically about McCarthy's future after Sunday's win over the commanders owner, Jerry Jones said, we'll see how each game goes in the playoffs. So I know you're talking about that was like a week ago. So I know you're talking about even more recent comments than that. I didn't even see that. That was like 10 days ago. So incredible. Maybe I saw a quote that was a different context or something, but that's very funny. So it's for real. Like he needs to beat the Packers for sure. And maybe more. We'll see. Like that's interesting. Yeah. So here's my thought and quickly, because we got to get to the Steelers stuff. If, if Belichick is, does end up in Dallas and McCarthy's loose, does McCarthy then go to Carolina? Because that might be a move that actually makes sense. Like, would somebody? Yeah. I mean, McCarthy is like deserves better than this. Like, and I agree. I know. It's so did he get over like, the hump? It's a legit question. But the dude has been amazing this year. Like, it's unbelievable. It really is. No, it really is. Like he gets treated like he's this like total yeah. joke. It, it, I know it's unbelievable. That's actually a good point. Like he, yeah, I, Tepper should consider that. He would definitely like. It sounds like McCarthy. Well, first of all, we know in Dallas and Green Bay. Coaches are not not running personnel in those buildings. So, like, yeah, I think it would make a lot of sense. Um, 
the whole thing's fascinating. We didn't even talk about GMs. We can. Yeah. I, I, my predictions on those are a lot stronger than my predictions on the head coaches. But oh man, we'll talk about this. Yeah. I yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there down the road, maybe. But yeah. yeah, that's actually a great shout. Like, if McCarthy does get fired, why would Tepper not just jump on that opportunity? Seems like what they're they they, they need an offensive guy, but they don't might not want to go with a totally unproven guy. But there's not a lot of like we read these names. A lot of the proven guys are defensive, unless you're getting John Harbaugh, really. Like you know, Vrabel, Belichick, Morris. Like these guys are all mostly deep. Dan Quinn, Aaron Glenn, like the, a lot of these guys that are older. Um, and then there's the young guy, but do they want to go that route? I don't know. So anyway, that could be an interesting potential fit. All right. What is the ripple effect of all this on the Steelers offensive coordinator situation? Like who do we think they're even going to consider for this job? Um, there's a possibility here that some guys pop free, right? Like maybe it isn't this year, but Frank Smith, if he's going to get for be a real candidate, maybe I'm wrong. And he ends up being like a real finalist and, you know, but I, if he's going to be that, like, does he have to get somewhere where he can do it himself when he's not with McDaniel uh, in Miami? You know, does that ha- do we see that happen with guys Waldron if, if for some reason it isn't Dan Quinn and he pops free? Um, some of those things I wonder about. Even Callahan to a degree. Like, if he has Callahan been a head coach, I can't interim. Oh, no, Brian Callahan's young. No, no, he's like 37. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think so. Yeah. I, I didn't think he'd been an interim even at anywhere before. So, um, so yeah, so if one of those guys wants to do it, like, do they have to go somewhere where they're going to have pretty good offensive control? There are worse landing spots in Pittsburgh, a job security. Like you literally had a complete fraud for an OC for a couple of years. You can't do worse than my Canada. Cannot. And it took literally the players like revolting in the locker room to get them fired. So I feel like with Tomlin there, like if you were going to go there as an OC, like you have weapons, you still definitely have question marks at quarterback, but the team probably is going to not like stay in that place. There's a lot of, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers organization is definitely in good standing around the league. So I, I feel like it's a pretty decently attractive spot. If you're a guy that's like, all right, I need to cut my teeth somewhere and like do this myself. So there's a couple options for them. A OCs that want to pop free and do their own thing from an offensive minded head coach and B an organization like Seattle where Waldron like is just the ripple effect or even like Tampa Bay, if canals, you know, ripple effect of him coming loose. I don't know if those guys are tied to Tomlin at all. You could see like a Frank Reich and something like that, that I would just like scream over, but yeah, it's going to be, I don't know what direction do you think this thing goes in? No, I think you nailed it where that is the interesting spot. If those guys, if guys that are offensive coordinators or the head coach is an offensive coach. So Cincinnati, Miami, the places you're mentioning. Um, I think San Francisco, you didn't talk about like a Clint Kubiak. And I know he's kind of, a, you know, obviously nepotism and all that, but I do think he's learned a lot. He's called plays before in Minnesota. I thought it was good, not great, or maybe average, not good. I don't think it was terrible though. I, I think he was okay. Um, those guys are the, are the names that I would have on my list in terms of, yeah, like the, uh, I, I don't want to retread. If the Bears hire Frank Reich as OC, I'm, I'm legitimately finding a new team to root for. I'm not even kidding. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I could not be more serious. So it doesn't have to be Shanahan tree, but like those to me are the big ones. Waldron, I think the interesting note from Seattle is they've said already, we're letting him talk to whoever he wants. To me, that means like we're a comfortable parting ways. If Dan does want to keep him sure, but like, cause these can be blocked as we talked about, there have been other coordinators across the league that have been getting blocked for coordinator jobs. Even if, um, you know, some people ask me like, well, but if they're not calling plays, um, is it, is it, a, is it still a lateral move? It is like it, there are some, there are some stipulations of like you have to run the team meeting with your side of the ball. Albert Breer has a tweet about it. I can retweet it again uh, or maybe, you know, whatever, put it out there, folks. If you want to ask him about it, I'll find it for you. 
but I think they can still get blocked. It's more of the coaches being being nice and saying, hey, I'll let you go get a chance to, to work elsewhere. But anyway, that is my short list. Go, go after the guys that are underneath a, a head coach that calls plays, but their offensive side of the ball. Um, I don't know if we're forgetting it, but Daryl Bevel's also in Miami. He's called, he's been an OC four times. Um, players love him, which maybe you don't want that. Maybe you kind of want the yin and yang of like a stickler. I'll, I'll throw one last one at you. I'm curious your opinion. Eric Bieniemy, any interest there? Mm-hmm. I think Bieniemy, Bevel, and Reich will probably all get interviews in Pittsburgh. Okay. Like, I, I'm not saying I'd be a big fan of it. Um, you know, the Bieniemy's thing interesting. Everybody in Kansas City's like, wow, they miss Eric Bieniemy. But then you look at Washington and you're like, do they? Like, I'm not so sure. It's been kind of a mess in Washington this year. Like, when Terry McLaurin's near the bottom of the league in separation, like, uh, on a given route, like, Terry McLaurin, you can't get him open? Like, it's tough. Like, so... I'm not totally sure. Now, to be fair, I have not studied Washington's offense at all this season. Like, I'm just going off the numbers I see, the opinions of people I know watch Washington. I could watch them and have a totally different takeaway. They're probably the team I watch the least this all, all this whole season. Like, I just don't have it. I mean, what am I, why, why would I watch the Commanders? You know what I mean? So I haven't really studied them at all. So I, I would want to draw my own conclusion if his name does pop up as an actual candidate and we get through that stage or he gets hired. But I think the enemy will be in that mix. Bevel and Tomlin have some relationship. I think he'll be in that mix. Reich, I think, will be in that mix. Would I be excited about any of those guys? Not really that excited. Bien enemy, I might be actually. I, I might actually be excited about him. Yeah. Um, it would be. I would be more excited about him than Reich at this point. Not that I think Reich is even terrible. It's just like there's no ceiling. Like, I want something like that could be like more exciting, I guess. But ultimately, that guy probably gets snapped up if he if he does do well. So and Reich, he could probably do pretty well in Pittsburgh and not go anywhere, you know, because people are just like we're not going down this road again. So. There is that. I think the interesting thing, even ignoring the play calling, but the interesting thing to me is I would like the yin and yang of there were reports that Bianami was chewing guys' asses out in practice and, and like Washington like didn't even know what to do. They were like, This is so different than what Ron Rivera does, who I don't think is viewed as like a total let players do whatever they want, but he's a he's a player's coach, all that all that stuff. Um, I honestly think probably Brian Flores, to a degree, was kind of like that for the defense the year before. I mean, all the report he probably went too far. The reports in Miami of him just like, I mean, emasculating dudes and like destroying the confidence of two people. Are like, why is it his name up for these head coach interviews? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's like he, I think he will get back there eventually. He's also suing, yeah, currently suing the league. So, um, no, he probably does deserve to get. Back. I mean, what he did this year was awesome, but but I think Bienemy. Like that, that could be huge. Where you have, okay, you not the head coach, so the head coach is still going to be like, you know, pro player. And Bianami will understand it's not his team, and he can't go full, full tilt. Like I'm just going to like, but like to a degree, like George Pickens is getting benched by Eric Bianami if he if he has like that's it's happening. And I'm not saying like that's a yeah. good thing, but like it, it could be. Um, if you don't block uh, on a Jalen Warren run and Bianami's your OC, you're not fucking playing. Like, yeah, that's so, be, yeah. So so it's like there's there's other <laughs> elements that I find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It would be fascinating for sure. Like, because they've had like passive, like Todd Haley was kind of a, kind of a doucher in like uh, Canada. Like they've had like the passive aggressive way, but those guys are like more like aloof and like, they can't connect with you and rude rather than just like literally like confrontational, like be a enemy might be and funny. Cause the enemy's like, actually, like, if you talk to him, he's like very amicable, like very friendly guy. Like he comes off like real warm Whereas Flores is completely the opposite, like, but, but they both end up being like pretty tough when it comes to some of those player relationships at times. So, oh man, it's going to be fun. This was good kind of starting point for us. Like we'll continue these conversations more in earnest once the Steelers are at this point. So obviously we start getting names. We'll start talking through some of those options and getting more specific, but this was just to lay the groundwork of what it will look like this off season. 
to get some connections between some of these head coach situations, get people thinking, okay, if Dan Quinn goes here, this could pop free. Like what could, what could the ripple effects be and what effect could they have on the Steelers? And then we have the whole Tomlin mystery too. And I don't think it's that much of a mystery. Like until he says something himself, like I'm going to take some time to think about it. Then like, you know, I don't think he's going to like, they lose this weekend. He's going to be like, yeah, I'm done. Um, but I think like, if he says that, then we start really exploring what that could look like. Um, cause it's going to happen at some point here. We'll dive in if we, if you need to, we'll definitely dive in. That'd be, that'd be fascinating. That is content yeah. we did not expect to be making. And yeah. if Jake Glazer, Schefter obviously too, but if Jake Glazer says something, that means a lot. Yeah. Like Schefter was way more specific, like about, like he was like, he literally could want to be in Washington. He could, his wife loves LA. Like he was like being real specific where Glazer was more like generally like if Tomlin wants to stay he'll stay. It's just going to be up to him. And that's all he said about it. So it was like, he didn't say Tomlin could be considered Gla- uh, Schefter actually said source around the league. Like people, as I talk to people around the league, there's a thought that Tomlin may want to step away from a while. So that was, I was like, okay, but yeah. So anyway, it's all interesting. We'll see. Uh, this is a good, good launching point for these conversations, but yeah, we got a playoff game to break down this weekend. If people haven't listened, we did a preview episode uh, early in the week on the upcoming playoff game between the Steelers and the Bills. So we'll be, uh, breaking that down very soon after it ends. I don't know if probably not Sunday, but uh, we'll wait till the tape comes out and get into that some, but you'll hear us probably Monday evening uh, is when we usually t- try to target. Although we got a game that night too uh, with the, with the Bucks game. And so I forget what time that starts. We'll try and maybe go before then, but um, we'll get you some content on that game as soon as we can. And then we'll move into whatever the ripple effects from that result are. So until then, thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the Yins No Ball podcast.